1: Welcome to mini episode 133 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from June the 19th, 2021. And story number 1 comes from Martin. When I was only a few months old, me, my mom and dad moved to a small town in Sunderland called Hilton Castle. I've done my research on the area, and some parts date back to the 10th century. I was told when I was younger, that at one point there was a huge battle in the area, and there are possibly a lot of unidentified bodies buried under all of the houses. I lived in Hilton Castle about 26 years, and we never discovered any remains, but that doesn't mean it's not true. I've had countless experiences in my childhood home, but these are the ones that stand out for me. My experiences began from a young age, Now this is a story I can't personally recall but I've been told this countless times by my mam. When I was only a year old, maybe two I spent the majority of time in and out of hospital with a variety of illnesses from tonsillitis to stomach problems. I was always unwell. My mam could never understand why I couldn't just be a healthy child. Then one day my uncle came over this is an uncle who was known in the local area as a medium and often spoke about his experiences. My uncle came over and told my mom that there was a small boy that had latched himself to me and was using my life force or life essence, whatever you want to call it, to regenerate himself as he had died a horrible death. At first my mom didn't believe him. He then explained that the young boy had been attacked by two dogs and had died. After speaking to some of her neighbours, she found the story to be true. My mum still believed that maybe he just heard the story and was making things up. One day there was only myself and my mum in the house. My bedroom was right above the sitting room and I was in bed with gates on the side. My mom said she had put me down for my midday nap and was sat in the sitting room. She then heard me running around the bedroom. She would shout up for me to go to sleep, but the footsteps continued. She went to my room to find me still in my bed, but stood up, pointing to the empty space in the centre of the room, saying, Baba. My mum told me I was able to climb out of bed, but I was unable to get back in, as the gate was too high. To this day, she still cannot explain the footsteps. My other experiences happened later in my life, mainly in my teenage years. When I was around 13 or 14 years old, my mom had become a nurse and regularly came and woke me up for school. One morning, my mom came into my room and woke me. I rolled over and due to the bunk bed I shared with my brother, I could only make out the middle of my mom's torso. Her uniform was bright white. She said, time to get up, come on. I grunted and rolled over. Again, she woke me and I rolled to face her. Again, she stood in front of me and only able to see the middle of her torso, I could see her bright white nurse's uniform. Again, she said, come on, get up. I grunted and said, fine, stop getting at me. After rolling out of the bed and getting dressed, I left my room and walked past my mom and dad's room, which was on the right. Her door was open and I could see her sat on the bed in her PJs. I thought nothing of this and went downstairs for breakfast. My mom later came down in her uniform and this time it was a dark blue colour. Confused, I asked my mom, Why did you get dressed in your white uniform, wake me, and then get changed into your blue one? My mom said, Martin, I don't have a white uniform and the last time they had them for nurses was around World War II. We never really spoke about it after but it always creeped me out. A few years later, a number of things began happening a lot more. Our dog had just had pups and my family had gone away on holiday, leaving me to house-sit and puppy-sit. One night I was sat in my room on the edge of my bed and was suddenly pushed onto the floor. I just sat there dazed and then slowly left the room. A couple of nights later I was sat in the sitting room and saw a weird mist move past the TV and head into the kitchen. At first I thought it must have been my eyes or a glare from the TV or something like that. Suddenly I heard a noise from the kitchen. I recognised the noise straight away and froze. This was because the noise was coming from the hands-free soap dispenser in the kitchen. For this to work, someone has to put their hand under it to let the soap out. I tried to ignore this but heard the sound again. When I went into the kitchen, there was a small puddle of soap under the dispenser. I quickly cleaned it up and sat back down. Five minutes later it happened again and again there was soap and again I cleaned it up. But this time I took out the soap compartment. Fifteen minutes went by and there was that sound again. I quickly ran into the kitchen and could see the light flashing on the soap dispenser that signalled there was a hand under it. I pulled the batteries out and went to bed. The house was quiet for a few days until one night in the early hours of the morning I was awoken by a woman saying, The pups are out. I ignored it at first, but as I drifted off I heard the woman's voice again, this time saying my name. Martin, the pups are out. Just for the hell of it I went downstairs to check, and sure enough the pups had broken free from their area in the kitchen and were roaming around everywhere downstairs. I quickly popped the pups back and made a slight acknowledgement to this woman and said, Thanks for the help. Nothing happened for a few years not until I was around 23 years old. I was sat on my bed listening to music on my headphones and began to drift off. Suddenly I heard a horrifying scream that sounded almost animalistic. I bolted upright and pulled the headphones from my head and caught my breath. Now at first I thought it was part of the song, but I swear down I looked at all the songs that had played in the last hour and not one had anything that sounded even similar to what I heard. After that, not much seemed to happen, or maybe I just became desensitised to it all. When speaking to my family about this, they all had stories of their own about the house, but none were like what I went through. Once I moved into my own house, I never experienced anything at all, not even a random knock. This story is a total aside, but the opening of Martin's story reminded me of it when he was talking about how the area that you moved to used to be a battleground or was a battleground and there was like legends of bodies being buried underneath it a couple of years ago i was working in a place and this person didn't come to school for a couple of days anyway uh, when they came back it turned out they had been doing some renovations on their house and they had found skeletons underneath their porch like something from a film, they found skeletons underneath their porch. And obviously they had to call the police, get the police in. And it was it was determined that the skeletons were ancient. But I've seen Poltergeist. I know what I would do if I found human remains in my garden. I would pretend it never happened. And I would not disturb them. Because I would not want the wrath of the undead. Because I disturbed their skeleton. Anyway, that's beside the point. It sounds like the ghosts living in your house Martin were actually very nice aside from the life force thing I mean I get that like that's not cool didn't wasn't cool that you ended up in hospital all the time because this little boy was draining all your life force but nurse ghost seems to have been quite helpful you know waking up for school, waking up when the puppies were out had a real you know had a real eye for hygiene. Hygiene was obviously very important to this nurse, that they were was- washing their hands regularly. I'm into it. Everybody could do it at a housemate like that.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: And story number two comes from Ayushi. For a little context, in India you will find numerous ghost stories about spirits, devils, ghosts in the snow-covered mountains and forests some local ghosts if you must etc. India is a culturally rich place and is a hub of spirits both good and bad. I am a resident of Himachal Pradesh and my family and I follow the Hindu religion. I am a religious person and I am extremely interested in the spiritual world but I never went looking for trouble, afraid that I might invite something evil in and my mom would go bonkers. Some context about my grandmother. We weren't very close. In India, we do follow the joint family lifestyle. So I always lived with my grandpa, grandma, mom, dad and my younger brother in one house. In India, we do face gender inequality at home as well. It's not like my grandma didn't love me at all. She just loved my brother way more than she loved me. Just because he was a boy and I was a girl. And I was supposed to just be married off to someone one day. We didn't gel well since the beginning because I didn't take her shit and she didn't take any from me. I'd moved out of my house and was in college in Bangalore, when one night, unexpectedly, my brother gave me the news that our grandma had suffered a heart attack and had passed away. Even though I wasn't very fond of her, I was extremely sad and cried in my hostel because I couldn't even go back to my house to attend her last rites, because my end-of-semester exams were going on. You see, there's an elaborate puja and customs that happen when someone is cremated in the family. It is believed in the Hindu tradition that the spirit of the deceased stays in the house and on the plane of earth for 14 days after the person has died, before the spirit is reborn into another body. I was extremely sad as I wanted to be with her out of respect, and thank her for whatever she did for us. The next day, I got to know that another neighbour of ours, who was the same age as my grandmother, had passed away due to natural causes as well. I was in my hostel studying and went to bed saying sorry to my grandma for not being there with her back home I had a dream that night which felt more real I dreamt that I was back at home and walking towards my house there was no one on the road all the shops were closed and the sky was orange in colour everything around me had an orange hue to it close to my house was a tiny playground where all the children from the neighbourhood would get together and play The children were playing in the evening as usual and then I saw my grandma and the uncle who had passed away in the same playground. They both appeared to be translucent and were glowing and they were just standing there casually looking at the children play. The children didn't seem to notice them and I realised that they were invisible but I could see them. I called out in a low voice, confused. My grandma looked at me and was pleasantly surprised. She started walking towards me literally hopping like a little girl would out of excitement. When she was alive she always walked with a limp because of her knee issues and she also had asthma but as she walked towards me she walked perfectly fine. She wasn't breathing heavily and looked 10 years younger than herself and 10 times prettier, she was glowing. She asked me in Hindi, Can you see us? Can you see me? I was surprised but not scared and I said yes. She held my hand and took me to the other end of the playground when I noticed that the children could see me but they couldn't see my grandmother. We stood there talking. She told me how she knows I can't come home to say goodbye because of my college and that she wasn't upset with me. I asked her how she was doing and she replied that she didn't have asthma now, she walked perfectly well, there was no pain, just happiness and not to worry about her. She looked extremely happy and vibrant. And as she said this, and was hopping like a little girl, I knew she was actually happy. As we talked, the orange sky started to become pink in colour. She looked up at the sky, touched my face and said, Go back to sleep now. And I woke up in my hostel room. I have had good dreams, nightmares, weird dreams, but whenever I woke up, I had a clear realisation that I was dreaming. But this was different. I felt extremely calm and at ease. And it felt so real that I knew it wasn't a dream. I actually met my grandma and she wanted me to know that she was okay. In India we have lots of relatives. Some immediate family, some others. This story is about my aunt who died an untimely death in a car accident. We weren't very close, she was just kind to me. The house where I live is on the second level. In the house below mine lives my dad's first cousin and his family. Due to a family dispute in his house, my aunt had a huge room, which had most of her belongings and her stuff, but the room remained closed because she lived in Delhi with her family. The family who lives there at the moment were interested to buy the room from her, so that they could renovate their house and could use the space too. It was a legal battle, but I won't get into the details. When my aunt passed away, a few days later the family decided to pay off my aunt's family and use the room and start renovating. As soon as they opened that room, my aunt started visiting me in my dreams. She always used to be sitting in that room and was telling me how it was her room and that people should stay away. I had never been inside that room and didn't know what was in it. But in my dream, I always saw my aunt sitting on a beautiful wooden chest. I was very young, in 7th standard, and obviously I got scared and told my mom and my grandma and explained every detail. My mom didn't believe me but my grandma did because she knew that chest belonged to my deceased aunt and told me to pray every night before I went to sleep. I kept getting the same dream over and over again. In one dream I decided to say that I was getting scared and that she should stop telling me this because I can't help her. She told me very lovingly that I shouldn't be scared of her and that she would protect me. The next day I was arguing with my mother and the fight escalated. It was very common for Indian mothers to beat their children if they disrespected them, and the same thing happened. My mother rushed towards me in anger. I saw her coming, and suddenly I could see what was happening, but I couldn't control my body. I held her hands and twisted them, and I saw her screaming in pain. I could see all of this, but it wasn't me who was doing it. I saw my grandma sitting a few feet away from me, and heard her muffled screams asking to let go of my mom, but I couldn't. I gathered all the strength in me and shouted no and instantly I gained back control of my limbs and let go of my mom's hands. I noticed my mom was scared and sad and she saw I had no idea what happened. If I would have done this in my full consciousness, my mother would have beaten me black and blue, left, right and centre for even daring to hit her physically. But my mother just walked away and no one ever talked about what happened that day. That night, my aunt came to my dream and said, look, I did protect you but I was mad at her. I told her how I could not help her and she should leave me alone. I didn't want her around me anymore. After that I never saw my aunt or felt her around me again. We had another story very recently that dealt with death in the Hindu religion in terms of the death cultures and beliefs around people staying around or the the spirit of somebody staying around for a certain number of days after they have died 14 days i think it was and that is really interesting i didn't know that i actually know very little about the hindu religion in general and um, but i love hearing about other people's death cultures and other countries death cultures and other religions death cultures because i find i find death culture really fascinating and our beliefs around death and what happens after people die and it does sound like these people found a way to approach you in their dreams and for whatever reason to have that closure to have those apologies or to try and get something done and i think that's always a really interesting topic to talk about is how is it our psyche like is it our brain telling us that this person is okay and telling us what we need to hear or is the dream world a different method of communication who knows and story number three comes from ian i woke up late one night My room was quiet and my bed was comfy and warm. I didn't feel any dread or like I was being watched like I hear so many people say. I just happened to wake up. As my eyes adjusted to the light in the room, I saw the figure of a woman hunched over on the floor between the foot of my bed and the wall. I couldn't make out her entire body, but she was wearing some sort of tank top that exposed her back and she was facing away from me. She made no noise despite the fact she was retching and throwing up. Nothing was coming out though and it looked quite painful. Her skin was deathly pale and saggy around her eyes, mouth and on her thin frame. She had long stringy black hair but it was sparse, like most of it had fallen out. She didn't notice me until I sat up and gasped. With that she knew I was there and we made eye contact. She had a tired and sad look on her face She gave me that type of apologetic wave, as if to say, ''Sorry, I'm fine. Don't bother getting up. I'll be done soon.'' After a few more silent wretches, she vanished in the blink of an eye. I sat there in the quiet, stunned. Eventually, I crept over to the area where she was and felt my socks become damp when standing over the spot where the vomit would have fallen. I can't explain why I wasn't afraid. I only felt pity. I spent the next few hours in a haze my mind was reading about what just happened and I sat quietly until exhaustion took over me. I saw her once more many weeks later one evening as I was walking down the hallway with the laundry basket past my room. I dropped the basket and shot back a few steps after only just catching a glimpse of her through the half open door. There she was in the same spot doing the same retching. Again we made eye contact. She looked ashamed and apologetic. Then slowly she reached over and closed the door the rest of the way. I stood shocked for a moment, then burst into the room and she was gone. Gone except for the damp spot on the carpet. It's been ten years or so since. I still live in the same house and sleep in the same room, but I've never seen her again what was going on there that reminds me of the bit in the sixth sense if you've seen the sixth sense you'll know the bit i'm talking about there is a particular ghost that cole needs to help and it's a young girl and she appears to him vomiting all the time and and he's got a mystery that he needs to solve about her death or some sort of justice that she needs to get basically i'm not going to go into the details in case anybody hasn't seen it but i'm pretty sure everybody's seen that film at this point point. Anyway, that's what it reminds me of. And There's a really horribly scary moment where he's in a tent and she appears in the tent and all that bit of the film freaked me out so much when I watched it as a teenager. And that's what it reminds me of. Like, there doesn't seem to be any threat from this woman. There doesn't seem to be any danger. She doesn't seem to be trying to get a message across. She's just there in this wretched state, clearly very ill, vomiting, looking for privacy, very apologetic about the fact that Ian has seen her. Oh, I just find it really sad. And story number four comes from Alexandra. This first story isn't super ghosty, but it's weird. In the house my parents built on top of an old farmhouse, I would come home from school and play on the computer. Or when I'd be lying in bed at night, I would get the feeling that I was being watched. And when I'd have the headset on playing my games, I would hear talking constantly like the TV was on. When I got up and checked, there'd be nothing, no TV, and I was home alone. Creepy, but not super ghosty. I always knew my grandmother's house was haunted. They lied to me when I was young, but when I was older, they would tell me the stories. Which consisted of the door slamming on the first floor while all of the kids were in the basement. Smoke smells, that kind of thing. Later on they found out there were African and Native American art hung up on the walls in the basement and also that the main owner who was a school teacher passed away in the house and her brother had taken his own life in what was my uncle's bedroom and now the dining room. One night my sister and I were upstairs spending the night at my grandparents. I could hear them both snoring loudly from the first floor in their bedroom. My sister was passed out and the train had just gone by and woke me up because it shakes the house when it passes. When it settled and left, I heard a sing-song voice from the kitchen, echoing, saying, Children, really softly, and sweet. When that happened, I said to myself, All right, it's time to sleep now, and I forced myself to sleep. My grandparents have a Yorkie who was sleeping up there with us. And she didn't react at all. It was just creepy. When I told my uncle he was upset because he had never heard her talk before. He had just heard the walking and the doors. I worked at a nursing home for almost a year as a CNA on a night shift. It's obviously haunted with all the passing of the residents there. On the locked dementia unit there was a resident who would scream out and talk and yell for help all night because she was confused and the sleeping medication had the opposite effect. We couldn't deny them because they did help with the pain, but not the sleeping part. Another resident would be confused and get up at random times in the night, thinking it was breakfast time, and so he'd get up and open his doors and then realise that it wasn't and go back to bed. There were around 25 patients, and each patient had their own room. So I was sitting there at around 2am, with the only other person being a nurse. We kept hearing that one resident yell out and we'd check on her and she would be fine and sitting down but yelling or watching TV and yelling at the TV or the person she thought was in her room. Which, mind you, almost every resident on that unit saw someone or something and who knows if it was a hallucination or if they were seeing a spirit, it's hard to tell sometimes. As she's screaming, I heard a door open and so I went to check on the usual resident that opens his doors. He was passed out asleep. He wasn't able to get into his wheelchair and to the door fast enough for me to walk around the corner. I kept hearing the doors and the yelling. Each time I heard a door, I would hop up because almost all of the residents needed some kind of help or aid when walking. No door would be open, though. Then I heard somebody yell, Help! really loudly and I shot up and started looking around. The nurse startled asked what I was doing, and I said I was going to find out who yelled help. She said nobody yelled anything, and she'd been hearing the help yelling from that specific resident all night, but not at that time. Another time I saw a shadow lady creepily hunched over walk into a room from a hallway that only had two residents in it at that point, and they couldn't walk. So that shocked me and it was during the evening at like 5pm and the other aide I was getting the report from didn't see it. I saw the ghost from a recently deceased woman who had passed maybe six hours before. The ghost appeared from the left side behind a nurse I was talking to and walked towards the hall lights. The nurse in my unit did not see the ghost and didn't feel anything. To chart on the residence there were two big touchscreen computers and they were next to the residents' rooms. I was on the long-term unit and everyone was asleep. My unit nurse had stepped out for a break, so I was the only worker there. When I was charting, I saw someone go out of the room, but the person was misty. I didn't feel scared by it. I just accepted it and continued. But I turned on music afterwards. When the nurse arrived, she asked if anyone had gotten up. I said no. ...but that I had seen a ghost come out of a person's room... ...and she looked at me horrified. I worked briefly at another hospital... ...and on the fourth floor rehab unit... ...the lights would flicker on and off all the time when I was there. I would mess with the bulb to fix it, but it didn't fix. We were moved to the seventh floor because of COVID overflow... ...and they needed the fourth floor. On the seventh floor bathroom, the same thing happened. When I moved to my house in North Carolina the downstairs bathroom light flickered, which leads me to my fourth story. When I moved to North Carolina, I moved into a military base as my husband is a Marine. I moved in a day or two later than my husband, and ever since I moved in, the bathroom light flickered. It didn't for him when he moved in, so I figured it was something that followed me from the hospital, but it never felt negative. It continued for a month or so. When I went to pee down there, it would act up crazily, and I would say, Hey now, we don't need that, stop it please. And sometimes it would stop. Sometimes I would just turn off the lights and pee in the dark. One night, as my husband was beside me asleep and snoring, and the cats were in the bedroom, I heard a child's voice of a boy say, Come on, please. When I woke my husband up, I asked if he had said anything, and he said no. And of course he didn't, because he was snoring. Since we share a car... In the morning I took him to work and I told him about what had happened. And he said, We'll worry about it when we start smelling eggs and start hating each other. And from then on the lights flickered a bit. And now, almost seven months after moving in, the lights don't flicker but maybe once a week. I also played with the little boy from Waverly Sanatorium. In a group of ten or more, we were passing a ball around and sometimes it would go to the person it was meant to go to and sometimes it would go in complete circles and go completely left and right. Also at Waverly, my friend got scratched, and a huge bruise of a hand was on her thigh. It also had an extra digit, which was weird. She'd seen the creepy spirit who climbs the walls, chasing her between door frames. I didn't explore that floor. I just played with the boy. Alexandra, it sounds like you've had a lifetime of weird, spooky stuff following you around. And I mean following you in the best possible way. I don't mean in a stalkery way. I mean it just sounds like you're obviously sensitive to it. And that you are hearing and seeing these things more so than the other people around you. And like I've said before, I do think it's kind of inevitable for nursing home staff. And for staff in certain hospital wings to see and hear things more than other people. Because you're living in a really intense environment that deals with death all the time. And I think when you're dealing with death all the time, it's kind of inevitable that weird things are going to happen. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Martin, Ayushi, Ian and Alexandra for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from June the 19th, 2021. If you would like to know anything about Real Life Ghost Stories, you can find out everything you need to know on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods